Hey, everybody. This week, we couldn't all get together to record an episode, but thankfully, I was at DevOps Days Amsterdam uh, last week, I think it was, and I had a chance to talk with Nathan Harvey, who, uh, as he'll introduce himself, manages the uh, SRE advocacy team over there at Google, and we'd been talking about just some little uh, picadillos and parts of SRE, and he came up with a, a couple of, I think, handy rules of thumbs and quick equips, so uh, we talked with him uh, a little bit. By we, I mean me. Uh, so with that, enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. Why don't you introduce yourself real quickly? Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm... Or I don't know, take your time. All right. I'll be very slow and deliberate about it. Uh, my name is Nathan Harvey. I'm a developer advocate at Google, uh, and I focus on the DevOps and SRE area. been a long time participant of DevOps Days. And that's sure, yeah, for today. sure. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So my, my, I've got some serious questions. My big question right. is, are you planning out some egg-throwing or other silly video uh, in the Google world? Yeah, there are, um, if, if I, even if I were, I wouldn't uh, be able to tell you about it. Oh, that's Not good. Not until they're released. So I like it. Very you'll secretive. Have to wait, you'll have to wait and see. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I, that's a good preview. And I also have a question for you. Uh-huh, Did uh-huh. you bring any raw eggs? Did I bring any raw? Uh, yeah, do you have any right now? Uh, no. But I might could, have to wait and see. We could easily acquire them. If, <laughs> I'll bet you could. Now, I don't know if you will look this up, but on the topic of eggs, yes. so, you know, uh, we live over here in Amsterdam, and we are, right. we, are, we are, as Americans always are, we are curious about why do they not refrigerate eggs over here? Right. Like, what is the deal? And so my wife and I finally looked it up, and apparently there's two reasons. Uh-huh. One is just cultural in the U.S. Sure. It's apparently... The U.S., Japan, and I think Norway, like it's some. Uh, those, that's it. And those are refrigerating people. But apparently, right. for for uh, pandemic reasons, uh-huh. in the U.S., if you have more than four thousand poultry, you have yes. to wash your eggs. <clears throat> right. And the deal is, if you wash your eggs, there's this tiny membrane yeah. that prevents bacteria that comes off of it. So then you have to refrigerate. Whereas over here, you don't have to wash the eggs. So it's cool. Gotcha. It's one of those. I guess this is, uh, applies to computers. It's one of those things where solving the problem creates a new problem. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> that never happens in computers. I don't no, know what no, you're no, talking no, no. about. <laughs> Speaking of solving problems. <laughs> yes. So you, you were giving a workshop yesterday where uh, yeah. you were basically going over SRE things. And I was, yes. uh, I was asking you, like, well, certainly that's a solved problem. You got this book. Everyone loves yeah. SRE. It must be really easy to do. And you brought up one of the exercises you do is... Uh, uh, Trying to figure out an SLO and a right. S- SLI. SLI, yeah. So first yes. of all, what yeah. are those two things? Yeah, for sure. So first, an, uh, so you start with the SLI. That's a service level indicator. Right. So an indicator is basically a metric, but not every metric is a service yeah. level indicator. So, Got it. But every service level indicator is a metric. Right? What, what would be something that's yeah. not an SLI? Uh, CPU utilization. Got it. Right? That's so, a metric. You might want to look after it. You might even want to put it on a graph. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. your customers don't care about it. Right, right. So anything in Perfmon. If, yeah. Does that right. still exist? <laughs> does or am I showing exist. my age? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. For sure. So a uh, service level indicator is a metric that, you know, you want to take a user focus, like a customer focused view on what do your customers care about. Mm. So let's figure out what some of those service level indicators might be. So an example might be availability. Uh, yes. An example might be latency. Uh-huh. These are things that your customers care about, right? Yeah, and there's there's like five or six yeah, yeah. golden SRE yes, things. I think, some, I think the book only has four. There were four golden signals. And it's been expanded yes. in some medium. Yes, post. and sometimes it's five, yeah, but yeah, maybe yeah. four, and maybe only three is actually what you need, but right, right, right. you know, but they are golden, so yes. yeah. we sh- we shan't question them. Yes, right. 
Uh, but with those service level indicators, an indicator is good, but it doesn't like it just gives you a number yeah, or yeah, yeah. potentially a percentage, but it doesn't tell you is that what you're after. So if you have a metric, you want to set a goal for what you want that metric to be. That's your service level objective. Yes. Uh, and a service level objective has maybe a percentage. So like if it's availability, maybe it's five nines that you want or three nines that you want or two nines. I don't know. Maybe nine fives. That's probably sufficient for the workload. All the great running. fives. Right. All the best fives. <laughs> uh, latency, you might like count it in milliseconds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other thing about that objective is it has to be over a time window. Right? Yeah, so we yeah, want to yeah. look at how long are we looking back. So maybe a service level object, objective looks back over the past 28 days. Right, 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 uh, right. So we kind of look at this trailing figure of... That's interesting. I mean, just to, as, as I want to do to like yeah. go down a rabbit hole, what is, uh, what's like the abstract thinking about choosing a period? Yeah. Like, like it would seem like in most cases five minutes is bad. But, right. then, but then on the other end, 10 years is probably bad. Probably bad right? also. And then right. maybe a month is good, but yeah. six months? Like, ha- like, what's the thought process you go through to figure yeah. out the period yeah, that's yeah. right for you? Yeah, it's, uh, that's a great question. So it, it really depends on a couple of things. So first you have to think about why do we have these service level objectives and yeah. what is the outcome of missing them, uh-huh. right? And so we have yeah. this thing called an error budget, and the error budget basically is there to help you balance should I be moving faster or should I be focused on reliability, hmm. right? right, and right so right. when you think about your engineering resources, the time, the people, the effort that you put in, is it better to make the system more reliable or is it better to ship more features? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. So our objectives are going to tell us, like, our, whether or not we meet those objectives is going to tell us where should we focus our resources. Right, right, right. So, so, the, then, so, so if, I, if I can try to yeah, show off. For sure. Like, yeah. uh, so one way of determining a period, if you were on the business side, would be, like, the frequency that our business changes, therefore that we need to deploy features. So the right. window we want to look in, let's just say, every, every month, right? right. Like, like, each month we want to be doing something, so therefore we should measure... Because when we have our SLO, it's going to determine what we can do in that month, right? Yes. Like, do we need to stabilize because our reliability is bad, or do we have time to release? Exactly. So a month is right. that, that window. So you might want to look at, right, what are you, how are your business requirements changing? You might also look at maybe your development teams are on sprints, and maybe mm. they're shipping features every two weeks. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe, like, that's the indicator that you want to use. But the important thing about that time window yeah. is it's a rolling time window. It's yeah, not... Yeah, yeah. For the month of February, we're going to get this because there's this there's this weird thing that happens. Let's say you're in February, and your goal was you know 90% uptime. Yeah. And you get to February 27th, and you have a big outage. Yeah. Right. So you've just missed your 90%. Right. So now we have to dedicate all of our resources towards reliability. But then two days later, it's March 1st. Right. Right. So you, right? you can. You can so stop now you're like, that. all right, back to features. <laughs> and guess what? Your customers don't like change their mind about how they feel about your service when they flip the calendar over right like they're like that's what SLAs are for like when the business comes in and like there's uh, sort of contractual language about that and that's sort of how we distinguish an SLA from an SLO right a service level agreement there are other types of consequences. Usually, it's giving your customers money back. So, so how did, how does that rolling thing work? Like in the scenario you're talking yeah. about, where like, so we have to extend the window. Like, how do you? Or what do you? Yeah, do? no. So it just constantly rolls. So let's say it is February 27th, and we're looking back 28 days, and yeah. we've just consumed all of our error budget. 
we have to focus on reliability or whatever the consequences are that we agreed to as time moves forward until oh, right, we get right, to right. a point where tw- 28 days looking back, we're back at I see, our I objective. See. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. I guess that's yeah. what rolling means. Yes, that's what it means to roll. Basically, yes. basically, it means you need to fix the stuff before yes, the period before you starts can do, over again. Before you can do that. Well, and the period never ends because you're right, always right, just right. looking back 28 days. Yeah. So oh, as you get closer to that incident... Uh, or as that incident gets further away, yeah. right? You start to increase sort of the goal that you're hitting right now. Yeah, as yeah, you look yeah. back over those. So, so what would days. be an example of of a, a a metric or metrics that roll up to an SLI that roll up to an SLO? Like, and yes. I guess you could go the other order. Yes. I mean, latency always seems popular, right. but like, what are so you might have? Um, so you might have, for example, a couple of SLIs that roll up into a couple of SLOs, so maybe an availability uh-huh. SLI coupled with a latency uh, SLI. Okay. So, so now we say we need to be available for nines, and our latency, like if it takes us three seconds to serve every page, but we're available three nines, our customers don't really think we're available. Like that's not super reliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to be serving all of our requests under... 200 milliseconds or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And you may even set two different SLIs. Maybe if we look at the 90th percentile, we're serving those within half a second. But the 50th percentile, we want to serve those in 200 milliseconds. Right? Yeah. We want to yeah. make sure that we're serving most people fast. A couple of people, it's okay to be a little bit slow. But the, the really important thing, though, is you have to think about the customer. Like it's yeah, not yeah. how do you feel, Cote? It's how does the pe- how do the people that are using your service? Totally. What do they care I'm, about? I'm thinking. I'm thinking of a certain airline I fly on frequently. Right. Only because I used to be a programmer. I think the confirmation, the last button you click on, yes. is for some reason they have an iframe in the page. Uh, of course. And, and like then there's the button that's basically like do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the latency of clicking that button and everything being cool is always mysterious. Yes. And, and so it's very, I've learned that I need to like click it and not freak out because nothing's right. ha- like it's actually right. fine. But it's like probably fine. That's a yes. learned behavior that right. I have. Right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Hey, this episode is sponsored by SolarWinds and one of their APM tools, Logly. When there's a service disruption, seconds matter. Don't waste time looking for logs or combing through endless screens of events. Let SolarWinds Logly aggregate, manage, and analyze all your log data so you access spots quickly. I read that totally wrong. So you quickly spot issues. Jump to the relevant event messages and identify the root cause. And the Logly in-context integration with SolarWinds App Optics trademark, adds rich performance instrumentation and distributed tracing to further accelerate identification of root cause and significantly significantly reduce MTTR. That's mean time to repair if, if uh, you don't have your little ops manager uh, dictionary with you. Spend less time troubleshooting and more time innovating with context in your logs. Logly is scalable, cloud-based log management that won't break the bank. Plus, software-defined talk listeners get a special 20% off your first year of Logly from now until September 30th. Offer for new customers only. To try it free... For 14 days, just go to logly.com slash SDT. If it logs, it can log to Logly. So uh, you should go there. Check it out. Logly.com slash SDT. You know, that's the uh, three-letter abbreviation of software-defined talk. Who doesn't like logs? I love log. It's Logly. 
Well, let me another another like side question. What's, sure. the, what's the deal with with uh, with uh, uh, not percentiles? What was the word you used? I did use I did say percentile. The yeah, 90th yeah. Percentile. Like what, what's yeah. the what's what's the deal with that? Like, why do people say ninetieth percentile instead of top ten percent? Like, because that's oh that's the same yeah. thing, right? Like yeah. Like I always. Maybe it's because I'm not a math person, right. but I always uh, get upset when there's like an additional language. Not to be all George Orwell, right. but it's sort of like, right. is well, it sure. just more efficient to say 90th percentile instead of top 10 percent? Or like, yeah. what's your take yeah. on that? So my take is, uh, I'm not a math person person either, and yeah, I know yeah. that percentiles are hard, and like maybe maybe we should use different words there. Because if I was but here's the, the thing, yeah, yeah. here's the thing. If you are a math person and we use different words to make it more accessible, yeah. we're actually making it less accessible to the math people. Uh, and we're probably I, I can sympathize them off. with that. Yeah, right? like we were talking right? earlier how uh, how using terms like the business, and, yes. and then my other favorite one like IT business alignment. Like you say that yes. to certain people, and they're like this. They don't like you. Whereas, like, when I say that, it's like, I know exactly what that means. And it's a very efficient, specific, like, thing. Okay, okay. I'll I'll be easier. But just, so 20th percentile would be you're in the top 80%, right? Right. So if if you're, if you are in the, uh, the 20th percentile tells me, uh, yeah, that, that 80% of the people are getting... Yeah, you have eighty percent of the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess yeah, wealth yeah. is a good one. Yeah. If you if yeah. you're if you're in the twentieth yeah. percentile, that means you're yeah. richer than twenty percent of the other people. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Or as rich as. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, <laughs> and and maybe that's why because uh, like the percentile. You're not you're not above yeah. something. Right. Yeah. Huh. I'm gonna have to go, yeah. I'm gonna go look on Wikipedia. Yeah, we're gonna have to go look up this math. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, sorry, we're in Europe. We're gonna have to go look up this the math. But yes. see, this is my whole beef with yes. percentile stuff. Is yes. like it's it's. Yeah. I don't know what it means. That's yeah. my beef. Is it's yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. I've been told by my wife recently that I always try to blame things on me. So I, I, maybe I need to externalize the blame right. more. <laughs> Anyhow, so back to SLOs. Yes. I think we covered like the uh, kind the, of a, a case there. Are, yeah, so. Yeah. So then the thing that we, we were talking about is uh, the difficulty of defining an SLO. It yes. seems straightforward, but, yes. but what, what, is, what are, like, if not the, like, what are the main causes of why it's difficult yeah. to, to define an SLO? For sure, for sure. So I ran this workshop yesterday, and we described SLIs and SLOs, and we gave people a, a system architecture, and we asked them to get into groups and sit down and write some SLIs for that system architecture. And certainly while I gave the talk, everyone was nodding their head. They were following along. We got this. This is going to be an easy thing. It's going to take us 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, we gave like an hour and a half, and no one actually completed the exercise. <laughs> uh, and so there's a, lot, like, there's a lot of nuance to it as you start to look at the user journeys that, they, that the users are on through your system. Like, yeah. how do you identify those user journeys? What are the things that are important? So, like, if you're an online retailer, is it important that I can see your catalog, or is it important that I can make the purchase? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And and like both things are important, but maybe one is more important than the other. Yeah, I would imagine you know? in like uh, some sort of omni-channel, another right. another term. <laughs> yes. In some sort of omni-channel <laughs> thing, browsing the catalog would actually be maybe slightly more important because you might be doing right. an in-store thing versus whatever. Because yeah. yeah. the, the the end of the funnel isn't always click buy. It can be other yes. things. So knowing what's Anyways, I'm over-explaining yeah. it. No, that's, that's yeah. super true, though. And so one of the challenges, look, when in, the, in that room, it was mostly technical practitioners sitting around that table. Yeah, yeah. And this is 
kind of the back to the IT business alignment, right? So we have to have the business in the room that fully understands the customer. So it's what is our business need? What, is, what do our customers need? And usually it's the business that's closest to the customer, not the system administrators or even yeah, yeah, the developers. That's why they're the right? business. That's why they're the business, yes. <laughs> they're close to the customers. Right, right. Yeah. And then, and then so you were telling me a, uh, a funny but very uh, pragmatic tool. How do you find the yes. business people? Yes. The, a great way to find the business people, even if you're not doing SRE, perhaps you're doing test-driven development and you have this belief and this principle within your team that when the build goes red, we stop and we fix the build. And so if, if that's how your team operates, that's great. The way to find the business is to go figure out who is the last person that told you, ship this feature even though the build is broken. <laughs> that's that right. person is from the business. Right, right, because they prioritize they the prioritize business. business. Yeah, yeah. They prioritize the customers. They prioritize the customers. Yes. Now that's a great tool. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. Totally. I'll, I'll use a little eight-point font, uh, Nathan. How about a six-point? Six-point is fine. Six-point <laughs> is fine. <laughs> so so where, like, t- tell, me, tell me one more thing that like when you're uh, giving the SRE workshops, uh-huh. that like is something people actually, that's like that. Like it's something that's hard to implement. Because it, you know, it strikes me, there's the old joke. I don't know if people use this anymore. That's like, you know, how to draw an owl. Yes. Two circles and the next yes. one is like finished drawing right. it. Right, right. But you're describing a slightly different version where you're like, right. I actually have told you every single step. Yes. But you thought it was easy. You thought it was easy. <laughs> right, right. I think the other thing that's really hard is figuring out. So those SLOs roll up into what we call an error budget. Yeah, and yeah. a budget is something that you can spend. Oh, yeah, that is conceptually a weird. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, a, it's something that you can spend. So if it was, a, let's say it was an availability, a service level objective, and we set it to 99%. That means our budget says 1% of the time we can be down. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it, it says a little bit something more than that it says one percent of the time we should be down yeah because if we what we do is we over deliver on that and we're now available four nines there are we're changing the expectations oh, yeah I, that was one of my favorite parts of us. the sre book is, yeah is, i don't know what you call that kind of psychological trick right but I, I mean i guess the phrase we have is uh under promise and over deliver right and, and then that will help you maintain your sanity right <laughs> right right so it's important to not because when you over deliver right when you over exceed what your objective was there are either, there might be other services that are relying on your service or there might be customers that are using your service yeah, yeah. and you're changing their expectations and now they're building their models and how they interact with your system around that. Yeah, that's an interesting way to try to uh, action. There's another yeah, word. We'll, there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll tell action jokes. it. Yes. To, like there's uh, is ineffable the right word. There's this there's this weird concept we've had through time of like you need to allow for not not the slack the company but slack in the system. You need slack. And, yes. and basically you don't want, it's it's actually really bad to operate at 100% capacity. Absolutely. And but that is so counterintuitive. Yes. That it's hard to prove and the only proof I can come up with is you have to accept that unexpected things will happen. Yes. But, but then the same people who think you should have 100% capacity are like, yes, but unexpected things won't happen. And so Correct. you come at logger, I'm putting my fist yes. together, you come at loggerheads yeah. where you're like, no, but unexpected things will happen. And it seems like that's almost, the error budget is almost a way to get around that loggerhead right. by saying like, this is the system we're using. Yes, this is the system we're using. This is, this is the language, again, back to the business, this is the language that we all agree on. Yeah, yeah. And it's important to agree on that language before you miss your goal. 
right? Yes. So that we all we all agree to this. But the but then you use that error budget to define consequences. So what are the consequences if you overspend that error budget? So you missed yeah, your yeah, objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what what are we gonna do? We're yeah. not just gonna get all mopey and say, well, we missed our objective. Better luck next time, kid. Like, that's not going to solve any of the problems, right? So what we have to think about, and, and again, agree before we miss it, yeah. is what are those consequences going to be? So maybe those consequences are we stop shipping new features and we focus on reliability. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And, and what does focus on reliability mean? I don't know. It depends on how your system broke. and like. But that's, or, why, that's why you got to find the person who shipped when it was red and, and get their input. Yes. I, I think... I mean, that is, at a, at a DevOps stage, that is kind of hopefully the epiphany that people come to is like, yes. oh, there's no business There's no here. business people here. <laughs> or there aren't enough business yeah, people yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That's true. The other side of that, though, is what if you didn't spend all of your budget? Yeah, yeah. So you have budget remaining. What can you do then? You get more Christmas presents. Yeah. Well, that's an indication <laughs> that maybe you aren't learning enough. Maybe yeah, you should yeah. ship faster. Do it's, some it's risky the, experiments. It's, it's the other side of under-delivery. It's like, you exactly. should try harder. Yes, try harder. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, Perfect. great. Well, what, uh, what's your, your Twitter handle or whatever? My Twitter handle is Nathan Harvey, uh, yeah. and I thank my father every day because he misspelled my name. So it's uh, N-A-T-H-E-N-H-A-R-V-E-Y. That's good. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, thanks. All right. Well, thank we'll you. We'll talk to you uh, well after we record this. Absolutely. But we'll see you on All the right. internet later. Hey, what would be a show without some recommendations at the end? I probably recommend this before, uh, but what you want to do when you're in Paris, I talked to three Parisians and one dude from Toulouse, and they basically said, I asked them, I asked them two things. What is your ideal breakfast that you're going to have? Like, you know, I was assuming it was going to be some sort of French breakfast. And then also, what is like, what's your favorite thing to do just when you're hanging out in Paris? So all of them. Uh, I think pretty much all of them said the same thing for breakfast. They're like, uh, I, I'd like to have a, a cup of coffee, some orange juice. It was orange or apple juice, but notably they all wanted juice, which I think is a very, I don't know, it's like a Norman Rockwell American thing, but like I don't really notice American adults drinking juice that much anymore, except maybe like Ward Cleaver or something. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Anyways, they're like, I'm going to have a coffee orange juice and a croissant and they were also like oh maybe a pan chocolat you know which is basically like a square croissant with chocolate in it and i was talking with one of them and i was like now now what you know as 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 i would ask what's the deal with the pan chocolat like when you're eating that are you like cognizant that basically you're eating some dessert in the same way that um or are you not like you know in the u.s we have something called pancakes which other places sometimes they take a crap and rename it a pancake which is fine just I don't even know why they call it like a pancake. They'll have like American pancake on the recipe. And you're like, that's redundant. There is only one pancake. It's very like, uh, you know, thick and doughy, extremely sugary. But so I was telling this guy, I was like, uh, uh, Frank was his name. I was like, I mean, you know, with the pancake, uh, we don't always think about this, but it's like right in the name there. You're having a cake for breakfast. Like you might as well be having like, you know, a bottle of wine and a uh, finisher of cognac for breakfast. It's so like out of place. Anyways, uh, but yeah, the the pan chocolat. He, they, everyone was sort of like, no, no, it's just like a breakfast thing. I don't think about the fact that I'm eating a dessert. So there you go, perfect Parisian uh, breakfast. Seems like. Now what they also said, uh, pretty much all of them is that what they would like to do is just go to a cafe, sit down for a while, and just they didn't exactly say people watch, but just hang out and people watch. Someone else was talking about going to the Saint Germain or, or uh, Germain. I don't know how to pronounce French, uh, and uh, you know, kind of walking around in the parks and things like that. 
But, you know, there's this good, uh, I guess what you would expect, sense of like what you do in Paris is nothing. You just uh, relax and hang out, uh, which which is uh, fine and dandy. So there you go. Next time you come to Paris, do a whole bunch of nothing and uh, have have a, a basically dessert for breakfast. No need to feel guilty. So uh, with that, you know, if you haven't joined our Slack channel, there's always a lot of good stuff going on over there. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash Slack, you can join it. You should uh, say hello check out the stuff we might talk about. When I'm recording this, I don't really remember which episode this is. But uh, if you want to see the show notes and other things we've mentioned, uh, go to softwaredefinedtalk.com. And hopefully we'll all be back together uh, next time. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. You got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, but